You're inviting the devil into your life by dwelling on the little thoughts and by letting them control you. Exactly. Fleeing from it, you're inviting God into your life. Okay, so how does it feel to be on a couch this week? I love comfort, you know that, um, and this is great. You got the joggers on, got the couch, got the blanket if I ever get cold, so I'm just, I'm feeling good, man. Do you like it? I do like it, and I don't think you're going to get cold because the AC is not on <laughs> because we don't want it to interfere with our microphones. You're right. It will gradually get warmer as the night progresses. Well, I guess the morning because we're recording this pretty early in the morning, but it just be like that sometimes, you know? How early in the morning? It is... 12.04 a.m., so the morning just started. Mm-hmm. We spent a lot of time getting this set up, so. <laughs> we had to rearrange our entire apartment, but I think it was worth it because this is chill. You know, this is a vibe. It really is. is. I don't like, you know, I have scoliosis, so my back tends to, like, not be straight, and I don't like sitting up in that chair for so long to where my back just naturally bends over, so it helps I can just, like, lean back and just have a better posture, you know what I mean? <laughs> I bet that is helpful. But, yeah, and the, the new mic arms. Love it. Praise the Lord. These are so much more convenient mm-hmm. for these big, ginormous, heavy microphones. You're going to be touching it the whole time. I am. <laughs> you already I, can't stop. I can't because I, I can just, I have the free range to move it, like, wherever I want. Yes. Like, I just, I love it. It's hilarious. It's hilarious. <laughs> I love it. So, well, you ready to hop on into today's topic? It's a tough one. Um, I'm ready. I'm ready to be vulnerable and just see how this goes. So. Yeah. So um, today we are talking about entertaining sin and kind of like the dangers of doing so. So start us off. Man, initial thoughts. Entertaining sin. Um, you know, that's a tough one. Um, it's one that a lot of people don't like to talk about. I think there are a lot of things that Christians do naturally, um, and maybe they feel bad about it or convicted, but it's kind of just shoved to the side. Um, and there are a lot of things in my life that just kind of, you know, researching this a little bit and thinking about it and dwelling on this topic and talking to different people about it. There's a lot of stuff that just goes unnoticed in, in my life, especially. Um, so, yeah, again, I'm excited to get into it. And um, I think we're going to uncover a lot of true, a lot of hidden truths today. So, yeah, I'm excited. And um, ever since we kind of realized that we were going to be talking about this topic, it's kind of just been on my mind, like throughout the day, I'm like, okay, I'm actually entertaining that, (laughs) you know, it's, it's, that's why I like to talk. I like, I like doing topics that, you know, maybe we don't know much about or because like in a way it helps us kind of see what we're talking about more before we even talk about it. So I think that's pretty cool. Like Mm -hmm. today there's a lot of, there's a lot of stuff I had today that I was like, why, why am I letting that thought become something I'm thinking about and not just like, something that comes and passes. Like, why, why am I like sitting and thinking about certain things? Like, I don't know, you know, you know what I'm talking about. Yeah. hundred percent. But <laughs> And I mean, we all do, <laughs> we all do. Everybody goes through stuff like that. I think, you know, the main way that, you know, these things that start entertaining sin starts is definitely in the mind. It's definitely in your thoughts. That's where the devil tries to attack you. He like reminds you of your past. He throws something at you that he knows that you're susceptible to giving into and things like that. So yeah, you got to, you got to win the war in your mind to, to get over these things. But if they enter into your mind, they're going to go to your heart if you let them. So, yeah. So like, what's a good example of, um, a sin that maybe in the past you let 
kind of get through your mind and mm. let into your heart a little bit. Yeah, I, I kind of want to get this one out of the way. I want to talk about lust for a second. Um, that was one where I struggled big time starting in seventh grade. And then it started to dwindle out more like junior year. Um, and then senior year is where I was like, okay, like something's got to change. Um, and then I've, I've been good with it for the last like four months at this point. Um, but that was something that was really, really difficult for me, especially like later middle school, um, because I had, I always known what like sex was and um, all the stuff like that, like er, at an earlier age, like fourth grade and, and up. But I had never really been exposed to the twisted, evil, dark side of that until about seventh grade. And then that's where I just started getting hooked on pornography and watching things I shouldn't. And then I got I rededicated my life in seventh grade summer camp. And that was the main reason. Um, because I was doing those things in the dark and no one knew about it. Um, and I didn't really tell anybody. I was like, hey, I'm rededicating my life. There's a lot of stuff going on that no one really knows about. But I didn't really tell anybody. Um, so because of that, I didn't really nail it at the root like we talked about a couple weeks ago. Um, so because of that, it just kept being a recurring theme of my life. And especially COVID. Like COVID came at probably probably the best time as far as like being in high school. But as far as where I was and struggling with that sin, it was the worst time. Because automatically, I had an excuse to stay in my room, to be on electronics, things like that. And I was not at a point where I was strong enough in my faith to say no to those things. Um, so COVID was definitely a killer for that. I wish I could look back on COVID and say that I had defeated sin. I had done all these right things during that time, and I had you know, gotten right with the Lord. But that didn't really happen until you know sophomore year when I started getting plugged into a really good D group. Um, so yeah, that was a big problem for me. Um, and as I said, it, it captures you in your thoughts. And if you don't say no to lust at the thought level, it's automatically going to pierce to the heart and then you're done for because you've already given in. And then the question is raises how far are you willing to go before you stop? Um, so yeah, that's definitely been a big part of my story, but I know you've struggled with it as well. So kind of talk about your journey with that and entertaining that part of your life. Yeah, I mean, that's definitely been something I've struggled with for, I mean, definitely late middle school up until even like recently, even like now. It's still something I'm not, I haven't completely grown out of, I guess. I haven't completely been able to say no to every thought that comes into my mind. So, um, but yeah, it was definitely a big problem for me. Um, up until, up until 11 months ago, I had kind of no reason, like it wasn't really like a sin, I guess. I mean, it was, but like, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. I, I wasn't a Christian, so I like didn't have a reason not to. So, um, ever since I, gave my life to Christ. I've had those convictions very heavily, especially for lust. And it's just been something that uh, I'll do, I'll do really well for a little bit and then it'll just, I'll stop trying, I guess, and mm -hmm. it'll come back. But yeah, it's still something I'm just trying to work through every day for sure. Lust is a killer, bro, because it, it brings so much shame. You know, it's, it's a different kind of sin. It, Paul talks about it. He says that lust is against your own body. Like, like it's not only against God, against it's against yourself. And there are natural consequences that come from giving into those things. And it just brings so much shame. It makes you want to close off from everybody. And again, that was a big part of my story in seventh, eighth grade is, you know, I didn't think that I could tell people because I didn't know there were other guys struggling with the same things, you know? Yeah. Um, I want to bring up this verse. I think this is probably, this is definitely talking about lust. Uh, flee from sexual immorality. Every other sin a person commits is outside the body. Yep. But the sexually immoral person sins against his own body. Exactly. So that's First uh, Corinthians six eighteen. Mm -hmm. So and notice the wording there. So when you read the word flee, what does that kind of indicate for you? I mean, running. Yeah. Like 
when you're fleeing, (laughs) how are you running? So when I hear the word flee, maybe this is wrong, but I always think of like a bank robber running running from a cop. (laughs) That's what I, (laughs) that's what I hear. That's what I see when I hear the word flee. Hmm. So, and that bank robber has no intent of getting caught. No, you know, he he is trying his hardest to get away from that cop, right? Yeah. So when you flee, when it talks about something like that, what I've had to do is I've had to say, okay, whenever just a simple thought, because whether you're a guy or a girl, everybody has those initial thoughts. But your choice is to say, hey, am I going to reject that immediately? Am I going to flee from this sin? Because again, if you're if you're running away from a cop and you're a bank robber, if you make one wrong turn, that's enough for that cop to catch catch up to you and to catch you, right? It's one wrong turn and that's where it messes up. So if you're willing to say, hey, I compromise. My faith, I compromise just not wanting to give into the sin in this specific area. And I say, hey, devil, you're allowed in this area. Then he, he's almost taken over your whole heart at that point. You're inviting him in. You're inviting him in by dwelling on the little thoughts and by letting them control you. Exactly. You're inviting the devil into your life. Mm. And by fleeing from it, you're inviting God into your life. Mm. And that's why they're there's so much more peace when you do flee from sin and there's so much hurt when you don't. Mm. It's not all like, it's not all shame. And like we talked about um, a few weeks ago, shame versus conviction. You can't, you can't assume that every time you give in to the sin or you let it control you a little bit, you can't just assume every time that it's shame and then just be like, you know what? I shouldn't be thinking like this. I'm fine. I think there, there definitely is conviction right when you, right when you commit those sins and if you convince yourself that you're just shaming yourself, then I don't think you're ever going to get over it. Does that make sense? Yeah, absolutely. That's really good. That's really good. And I had a follow-up question for you. So you talked about how lust is a, like it's you viewed as a pleasure, right? The longer you've been able to, or the longer you've given into this stuff, is it more pleasurable or is it, as you've grown as a Christian, is it actually more hurtful now at this point? Oh, it's definitely more hurtful. Hmm. And... You know, that's that goes back to like being in a relationship with God. It's I think we talked about this on the last episode, how if you're in a relationship or like a friendship with someone um, and you the more that you get closer to them, the more it's going to hurt when you hurt them. Hmm. You know, like if I were to go behind your back right now and do something just completely evil, it would hurt me a lot more than it would have like a year ago. Yeah. But we weren't even friends at all a year so ago. So definitely more. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but For you, sure. you get the point, you know? Like you you will hurt yourself if you hurt the people that you love. That, that's just inevitable. Yeah, that's right. And that's kind of honestly what drove me to end up giving it up is because it it's viewed as a pleasure, but in reality, the closer you grow with God, the more it's actually going to hurt, right? It's not even pleasure anymore. It's just pain. Right, so you're viewing this thing that the world views as good, and it's actually not. Um, so that's one thing that I went through as well, um, and I'm with you on that one. It's definitely hard to understand exactly what shame and conviction is. Um, so yeah, that was a big problem for me, and I know it's been a big problem for you. Um, but what else, what is something else maybe that you've struggled with, or that you've haven't viewed in the light that it deserves to be viewed at, as far as sin goes? Um, a big one for me is just not being like wise with my words. Um, I, I make a lot of really, really stupid jokes and I just say a lot of stuff that I shouldn't say. And, um, I kind of want to pull up a verse real quick. So Ephesians 5, 4 says, let there be no filthiness, nor foolish talk, nor crude joking, which are out of place, but instead let there be thanksgiving. So 
that's something that I struggle with a lot. And sometimes it's not even like, sometimes I don't even say the joke. Sometimes I just think about it and I'm like, ooh, I really shouldn't say that, but I really want to. And then I'll end up not saying it, but I still just think about it for a long time. And then it ends up something worse comes out like by the end of the day, you know. It's because you're not getting rid of those thoughts right at the root. Like you're not stopping it right at the beginning. It's because you're letting it you're letting it work in your mind and in a way it's working in your heart too. Mm. Yeah, you're so right. I mean, words have power and a lot of times we don't think they do. We think we can throw around random words and not deal with the consequences of those things, not have power. Now, I mean, no matter if you think people listen to you or not, like your words do have power and you don't realize maybe something you said even years ago, how that can still stick with a person. I can, I can name situations from years ago where someone said something and they didn't even think twice about it and I still think about it, right? I don't know if that's just because I haven't forgiven them or anything, but sometimes those things stick with you, right? So words have power. And I think another thing that goes unnoticed, especially in the Christian community a lot of times, is gossip. I know we talked about that a couple weeks ago with gossip from the pulpit, but also I don't think we realize how much we actually talk about people and our intent is not actually good. It's because we're trying to cover up our own faults and you know broadcast someone else's, or we genuinely want to get a reaction out of someone else and we don't have something to talk about, so we talk about this person in an evil way. Like a lot of those things we just view as, you know, it's okay, or we add bless your heart at the end so it doesn't look like it's bad. But in reality, those things have power and they're evil. Yeah, gossip is definitely, I think you might have said this in the last episode or whenever we talked about leadership, gossip is a community killer. I yeah. think that's what you said. But um, yeah, what what's like another, just another thing that we let into our minds too easily and we don't really think about? Hmm. I think we hold, and I might just be speaking for myself, but I think we hold bitterness a lot and we don't really talk about it. Um, so like whenever something bad happens to you or somebody wrongs you, in that moment, you're tempted to think selfishly and be prideful in that moment and think, why did they do this to me? Blah, 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 blah. And you're inside, you're just storing bitterness. And again, it's so small. It's so small at the beginning. And you think that you have, you know, you're, you're justified in thinking the way you do. But in reality, it is sin if you're holding bitterness and you're not forgiving, right? And because of that, again, it starts small, but it grows over time as your bitterness grows, right? The amount of bitterness that you put in, it's going to lead to anger ultimately more on. But if you hold little, little bits of bitterness, I think ultimately it's going to grow over time, even if it's tiny. I can say that in my own life as well. And until you say, God, I forgive this person, I move on, I want to, <laughs> I want to move on and let this, let this go, it's, it's going to get harder and harder to actually do that. It's, it's like all sin in general. If you get addicted, the more you get into this addiction, the harder it's going to be to ultimately let it go. So again, it's small, but I think bitterness and even jealousy is another one that we, that we hold on to and don't really talk about. So how do you, how do you overcome bitterness Let's say if you're in a situation where you know someone has wronged you and yet they that's not something that they want to admit or you know that's not something that they want to fix like how do you overcome bitterness in situations like that if god has forgiven me of much then i should be able to forgive others much and that's that's a hard thing to realize it's a hard thing to comprehend and and to, to say in your own life but again it's it's what we have to do you know, I cannot be prideful and hold on to these bitter feelings about someone else. When I know that I cheat on God every single day and, and break his command and break the laws that he's given me, I mean, how can I, how can I sit, sit down and just think about that person and not forgive them in that moment? 
you know, the blood's on my hands at that point, right? It actually, it's hurting me the more that I don't forgive them. Um, not them, you know, especially if they don't feel like they did anything wrong, it, they they're moving on and I'm the one holding on to it. Right. That doesn't benefit me at all. You know, it's, it's ultimately the best thing that we can do is to surrender those things and to fall on our knees and say, Lord, I forgive this person and I forgive them because you've forgiven me. Oh, that's really good. Okay. Wow. <laughs> that's actually a really good answer. Sorry. Kind of blew me away. Uh, <laughs> so Just like you last week with some of the things you said. Okay. <laughs> so, uh, one thing that you mentioned also was jealousy. Mm. So talk a little bit about jealousy and oh man, jealousy is a hard one, bro. It's a hard one to admit. It is very hard to admit, but I feel like it's still, it's, it's definitely hard to overcome too. Like even after you admit it, like are, you're still kind of jealous, you know, like even yeah. if you tell the person that you're jealous about that you're jealous, like it doesn't, I don't, I don't know if it goes away. Like I don't, how do you, how do you overcome something like that? <laughs> well, the first thing is getting it out in the open. And I think one thing I said last week that I maybe would change is I said that you should go, you should always go to God first and that you shouldn't go to your friends first. And I think there's truth in that, but also if you go to your friends first, there's life in that as well. And then you can get down on your knees and ask God for forgiveness and you can confess your sins. But when it comes to jealousy, I, I am one, and I think a lot of people are like this. And I'm not just saying that to justify this, but I, I think it is common, is I like attention. I like when people give me attention, especially when it's unexpected. And because of that, I like to, I like it, you know, it feels good. So I like to hold on to it. And even if I don't say out loud, I like this, or I know that I can't respond to it, I still like it in a way where I don't want anybody else to get that attention. And I'm willing to do things or say things to keep it that way, even if I know it's not godly, right? So that one thing for me is, you know, when it comes to admitting jealousy, I know we had to do this a couple weeks ago. It is hard. It is difficult. You know, it's one of those things that like, it's like, oh, wow, you really... Maybe your intent and some of the things you've said the last couple of days maybe haven't been as honest as I thought they were. And that's just a tough thing to to talk about. It's a tough, tough thing to admit. But, you know, I'm glad we're at a point where we can talk about it, you know. Oh, I definitely am too. Because I think we've both had some problems with that within the past few weeks. And, man, think about where we would be at if we weren't able to open up and admit that to each other. I think our friendship and relationship would be a lot, a lot different. It definitely would. Yeah. And we would probably be a little bit more like throughout the day, just more angry with each other mm. and the other person wouldn't even know why. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> it's tough, man. It's tough. And like, I don't know if you experienced this, but when you're not opening up about something that's even that small, there's like a, there's a heaviness on your heart. And you can sense it in the air with when you know when you're with somebody you love and there's something that's not being said and both of you know it. It's like, oh wow, you know, who's gonna be the first one to speak up? And until you do, that burden's gonna stay on your heart. That's why you shouldn't go to bed when you're angry, because you're gonna wake up and your feelings are only gonna be intensified because you didn't deal with them. So that's that's one thing that we've gone through. What's that verse? Don't let the sun go down on your anger. I think that's Proverbs or Psalms or something. Something like that. I yeah. don't know. I don't know. <laughs> so have you dealt with that in the past as well, even before you were Christian? Jealousy? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. I mean, dude, I... Okay, is there a difference between jealousy and comparison? Yeah. You think so? Yeah. Okay, I don't know. I was going to bring up um, back in my, like, bodybuilding phase where I wanted to be a bodybuilder. I used to... I guess, okay, I would compare myself to influencers, but I would be jealous of my friends if they were growing faster than me. Mm-hmm. So that, that was a big thing for me was just like in the gym because I was, that was like my thing. That was my life. 
that was like the biggest idol in my life was mm. growing in the gym. So I did not like seeing people, people that I brought into the gym passing me on stuff. Wow. Which is, wow. I'm happy that's gone now because ah. you are, <laughs> you are killing me. You are killing me on like leg extensions or not, not, not leg extensions, calf calves, raises. Bro. Your calves are huge. <laughs> hey, everything else he's got me in about double though, double the weight. But that's funny though. <laughs> so yeah, I, I guess I, jealousy has definitely been something that I've struggled with. I'm mm -hmm. trying to think if there's anything else that was do you, like. Do you think thing. jealousy, or you can say yes, no, or both? Do you think jealousy fuels comparison, or do you think comparison fuels jealousy? It's a tough one. I think it can work both ways. I would probably say jealousy fuels comparison because that's like the root of the issue is jealousy, but I don't know. I wonder your opinion on it. You will have to give me a second, bro. <laughs> think about it. <laughs> okay. All right, so... Comparison is when you're just like looking at someone and you're like, I wish, no, it's, it's not I wish I was there, or is it? <sighs> Dude, you just threw me for a loop. I'm so sorry. <laughs> it's a good question. They're just so, I feel like they're so similar. Like, yeah. I think that, com okay, comparison fuels jealousy. Because okay. if you weren't comparing yourself to the other person, you would have nothing to be jealous of. Okay. Does that make sense? Yeah. Okay. There, there's the answer to your it's valid. question. Yeah. Uh, sorry. Do you have any other tough questions you want to throw at me <laughs> at one in the Meaning morning? Meaning of life. I'm just kidding. We know that, right? Yeah. That's a tough one, though. Uh, again, it's, it's such a hard thing to admit. And I kind of wanted to hit on, before we hit some of the other topics, how important it is to hit these things early on and to not entertain them is because let's, let's go back to lust for a minute. The more that you entertain lust, you have to, at some point or another, open up to your significant other about those things. And that within itself is just, it's got to be defeating. And there can be life in that when there's repentance and confession and you grow together through that. But also, you know, if you've got to tell your future wife or your future husband that, man, like, I did this for so long and I never got over it. So when it comes to our relationship, there might be things that I entertain. Like that within itself, I don't want to have to tell that to my wife. And that, that is such a hard reality. And you know, every day you have to think outside of just this one moment, because that's what the devil does, especially with lust is he makes you go all in on these three seconds, five seconds. That's all it takes to get into something more. And you have to say, okay, I'm going to look past this. I'm going to look what God has done in, in my life, what he's done in the past, how he saved me from this, but also I'm going to look to the future and know that I have to say no now so that my sanctification improves. Not only that, so I don't have to go through the pain in the future of what I did in the present. That's really good. And talking about like having to open up to your significant uh, significant other, um, I just like kind of want to point out the importance of opening up, mm. I guess, because if you're if you're not willing to go to God with all of your problems and you're not willing to do that with anyone else, then you're not going to have anyone telling you how bad the stuff you're doing is. Mm. Yeah. And I think that's just a really important thing to have if you genuinely want to overcome the sin that you're going through. If you don't have anyone telling you just how evil the stuff you're doing is, or if you don't have someone that's been through what you're going through to help you, then you're just going to sit stagnant and you're not going to, you're not going to grow. 
Yeah, and if you're scared to talk about it, like that's not what we're saying. We're not saying, hey, don't say those things so you don't experience the pain. We're saying no, like <laughs> if you have those things, you need to get them out early rather than later. Because again, the more you go closer with somebody, the more that those sinful habits and those sinful things that you've done are gonna are gonna hurt more. You know, and again, there's it's it's hard for me to experience more peace than when I tell you something or I tell somebody something that I've been holding back and you respond in a biblical way because that grows community more than ever. And it's so awesome. I just want to point out real quick, we are not in a relationship. <laughs> I, just, I just wanted to clear that up because I don't know if that's very clear based on where the conversations are at right now. We are not. We're in, close friends. We are very close, close friends. friends. We're, we're roommates too. Yes. So we tell each other a lot of things. We are not in a relationship. And also <laughs> if, if you are participating in a homosexual relationship, um, just want to point out that is not um, oh, right. God. <laughs> yeah. So anyways, <laughs> if you have questions about that, you know, reach out to us. You know, but, dudes can be close, but they can't be that close. You know what I mean? So we're just, we're close at a level that is not sinful. You know what I mean? Just yes. Good friendship. Good godly friendship. You yes. Know? Sorry. <laughs> Everybody <laughs> needs that. <laughs> Maybe that was weird, but I just wanted to throw that out there real quick because I think it would be more weird if it wasn't clear. And they thought we were drinking alcohol, apparently, because of the flavored water, so we have to make everything clear these days. So The red one does not look like alcohol. It doesn't. It was just mine. Yeah. <laughs> it's just mine, and I promise it was not anything. What, oh, yeah, that was funny. Thank what, you for clarifying. What did Easton say yours looked like? Oh, bourbon. Bourbon? Bourbon, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, it was not that, and nor will I ever try that, so... Um, yeah, that's hilarious. So maybe what's another thing, maybe a smaller thing that, you know, hasn't mentioned as much that you think Christians go through and don't really talk about. Give me one second to think of one and you can, do you have one? I do. Okay. I do. I had to look this one up though. So this is not from me. Let me, let me pitch you this idea. Okay. Patriotism. Okay. Think about it for a second. Jonah. I'm not saying patriotism, patriotism is a sin by the way. So I'm not, I'm not saying that. Jonah was called by God to go and tell the people of Nineveh that, you know, that, that bring him to God, right? That was his job. But at the time, Israel and Nineveh didn't like each other. So Jonah took it upon himself. He said, I'm going to put Israel on my back, and I'm going to go on that boat. I'm going to run from God because ultimately I don't want to see those people saved because I don't like them. And when you look at it, I was listening to a Tim Keller sermon about this. He said that Jonah was putting his country over his God. And I never thought about it that way. I just thought he was running from God because he was scared. But we see that what Tim Keller said was actually true because after those people all come to God, Jonah isn't even happy about it. He's sad because he knows that, oh, wow, all these people just came to God and they might be more, you know, they might be more like God than even my own country is now because of me, because God used me. Um, so I think when it comes to patriotism, a lot of people idolize what's going on in our country and they don't sit down and think about the fact that God appoints leaders. That's his job. He says that he does that. I don't understand why bad leaders are put in situations like that, in positions that just lead people to be killed and things like that. I don't understand that, but I know God has a plan through that. So when it comes to worrying about things of our country, I don't know if it's wise to idolize it and then stress over every little thing that goes on. Because ultimately, Jesus is king. Jesus is king, and he's in control. So why would we worry about all those things? So I think patriotism is something that can sneak in, and we can you, we can often pair the flag with Christianity and God. When in reality, you know, God doesn't view the United States better than He does any other country. He loves everybody. 
right? He actually loves Israel more than every other country. Like, so like, you know, that's one thing that I think maybe people don't talk about as much. Okay, that's really good. And since you said that, there's two things hidden inside patriotism, uh, one being pride and then the other one being idolization. Hmm. So um, how has pride been something that you've kind of let sneak into your mind a little bit and it became something bigger? Again, I think it's just thoughts. Um, like when good things happen to you and, you know, you're successful in something that you're passionate about, especially, I think it's very easily to easy to let those thoughts come in. And again, if you dwell on those things and don't reject them, you're ultimately going to have a more sense of self-worth than you actually have. You know, your self-worth only comes from God. It comes from Jesus Christ and what he did for you on the cross. And the second you make it about anything about yourself, that's where the pride starts to come in. So again, did you ask how do I beat it usually? No, I asked like, what's, what's an example? Oh, an example in your life. Oh man. Um, let's go back to the, the moment I won the scholarship and I got to go to New York city. I got that phone call and I remember I was on the phone with you so you can affirm this. I literally said, wow, this is my calling. Like, this is what God wants me to do. There's no hesitation, no doubt anymore. And I used my worldly success as an opportunity in my pride to try to twist God's will for my life, which I already knew was to be a pastor. I already knew that. But instead, my pride allowed me to, in the instant moment where I allowed it to become pride, it made me try to change God's will. Yeah, okay, so for those of you that don't know, so Jake was called to be a pastor last August, and he kind of ignored the calling because he wanted to pursue media. So he ignored that, and then um, he continued working to grow his media journey or whatever, and then he ended up winning like this national scholarship. So basically he was trying to twist God's will for his life and just make it fit his own agenda. Is that right? That's exactly right. Okay. I just wanted to put that out there for anyone that's like a little bit confused. That's exactly right. So, so. um, yeah. So, okay. That's a, that's a really good example. I'm trying to think of how pride has been like effect, how I've been affected by pride. So for you, is there a moment like even in your photography business where you've seen pride start to come in when the numbers go up and the success starts? Okay. Yes. So, um, for everyone out there, I, a few months ago, how many months has it been, bro? Okay, I think I started doing photography in like late April, I think, or May or something like that. And so I've I've been doing like videography for years. Like I, I did that all throughout high school. And I was like, you know what? I have a camera now. I might as well learn how to do photography so I can like make some extra money. Which, you know, I don't think there's anything wrong with that. But I wanted to do more than just like have a photography business. I wanted to be like a photography influencer because I was like, you know what? I know how social media works. I know how social media works. I am going to make a social media account and I'm going to call it Chris Beck Photos. And I am going to get really like seasoned photographers to be following me and asking advice from me. <laughs> and that ended up happening because, you know, I that's something that I work towards and I think it was honestly prideful maybe from the beginning, like just the whole idea of it, because I was like, you know what, I'm new, I'm new to photography, but I'm going to make it look like I'm not. Hmm. So I was, I think, I think that's prideful. Wow. Would you say so? Yes. Anyways. <laughs> yes. And yeah, when that happens, you try to justify yourself in telling people something that's not true. Mm. Have you been there before? What do you mean by that? So like for me, I tried to justify my own pride by telling you that 
God was calling me to media and that this was affirmation. Right. And then after that, I was like, yeah, bro, I just, you know, it's so crazy that God has called me to this. And then he blessed me with this opportunity. Like in reality, it was just God blessing me because I was passionate about it. And he wanted me to talk about him on a national stage. Right. So I don't, again, I don't know all the, you know, things that are going to continue to happen from that and the way the Lord's going to bless me for that. But again, I used what he gave me. I used the blessing and I used it for my own agenda. And because of that, it just caused me to lie in a lot of my conversations afterwards. Ooh, okay. So I I wouldn't say that it caused me to like lie per se, but it definitely caused me to just kind of like hide things. Mm. So like when I was posting content and stuff like that, I was trying my best to make sure people didn't think I was a new photographer. So at that's the be- a lie. Yeah. <laughs> I, is it a lie? Yes. Is it a lie to not say something? I guess maybe <laughs> it is. Not saying something you should? Yeah, I think it is. <laughs> so anyway, yes, I, I guess so. I, I was lying about kind of how well I knew photography. Make it till you make it, right? <laughs> I mean, that's what I was doing. And I, you know what? No, never mind. I'm not going to say that's prideful. But <laughs> <laughs> it, it was working. It was working. But I... I am so happy that God has like changed my heart when it comes to stuff like that. Like I haven't posted on that account in like two months and I've still been like gaining followers from all the stuff that I was posting, but I was just obsessed with like just seeing the growth. Like I went from, I'm not going to say this to be prideful just for the sake of the story. I think I went from like zero to like a hundred followers and maybe a couple weeks or a hundred, maybe 200 followers, zero to like 200 followers in a few weeks. And then it took me like a month and then I finally reached a thousand. And then from that, it just went from like a thousand to 2000 in like a couple of weeks. And then mm. from that 2000 to 3000 since we moved down here and then 3000 to like 3,700, which is what it's sitting at right now. And that definitely was something that I was really like obsessed with and just seeing the numbers grow. Mm. Like everything I was doing on that account was to see for one, those numbers going up and then also seeing like DMs come in from photographers asking me for advice. I was like, I was obsessed with it. Mm. And that hurts to say that that's something that I was like obsessed with up until even like moving in here. Mm. But <laughs> I, I, it's power in that, bro. I, I definitely would say that that idolization and that, that pride that I had from that is, it, it's gone. Mm. <laughs> like I, I don't really care at all anymore. Mm. And um, also before, before I was a Christian, like a few years ago, um, I was a big like TikTok guy. Like I was not like I had like a bunch of followers. I had like 30 something thousand, but like that's where that obsession with social media kind of started was like just seeing, I, I, I didn't have a lot of followers, but I had a lot of views. So I had like video, a few videos with just like millions of views. And I was obsessed with that. I was obsessed with seeing the comments come in, come come in. I'm so sorry. Uh, <laughs> stuff like that. And then, um, also I did this one video with someone else and it got 12 million views and that was on his channel. So like I had, um, what's it called? That CBS show, um, America, America's funniest home yeah. videos. Yeah. They like sent me an email. Like they wanted to use my, use that video. Are you me. serious? Yes. Wow, dude. <laughs> like I was just obsessed with the attention and the views and um, that's something that I was obsessed with until I found something else to replace it. 
And that mm-hmm. thing that I replaced it with happened to be working out. Mm. <laughs> so then I wow. I took all my pride from that and it switched over to me, you know, building muscle and losing weight and getting abs. All numbers. Numbers. Dude. You like numbers. <laughs> I like numbers, which is crazy because when we play pickleball, I don't remember the score. <laughs> I never remember the score in pickleball. <laughs> you love numbers, but man, math was so hard last year, bro. <laughs> <sighs> oh, Carla Parham. Miss Parham. She is the best teacher ever. She's, she's so not, sweet. She's not, but she's cool. So. She's not? She, no. Who's the best teacher? Miss Rooks, bro. And Ms. Okay, Miss Roberts was solid too. Miss Roberts. Okay, yeah. We, I think we got to say she's the best, but but anyways. So we talked about you know all the all the stuff in our lives that are hard to give up, all the things that we can't entertain. But you've obviously been on the other side of that for a lot of things. What would you say as an encouragement to people out there who are not giving up this sin that they're entertaining? Tell them about the life that you felt, the peace that you felt, the joy that you can have in your day to day because you've been willing to talk about it and get it out in the open. I would say that my mind is a lot more clear now. Like there's just so my mind was just running like all day. I was like, I need to post on Instagram. You remember this when we first moved in. Mm -hmm. I was like just so worried about my Instagram account. I was like, dude, I haven't posted in three days. I'm going to lose followers. (laughs) Like ever since then, I've just been I've just had so much more peace in my mind because I'm not just constantly thinking about that. But and like I'll admit, like even with starting the podcast, those little thoughts have slipped in. And that's been something that I think I've been a lot better at just catching early on. I'm like, that is not important because no matter how many views we get on this, it doesn't matter. It's one view and a thousand views like it doesn't it doesn't matter. Mm -hmm. It doesn't it doesn't matter at all. Yeah. Like we're doing this because we feel like this is something that God has for us and this is this is where this is where God wants us right now and that's why we're doing it we're not doing it for our own like selfish reasons you know hmm. so that's been something that I think I've been I've been getting a lot better at and um I guess do you think you've seen that like compared to my compared to my photography account would you say that doing the podcast has been different in what regard when it comes to me personally, like my pride. Oh, we're talking about you. Yes. Oh, yes, I've seen it. Like you, one thing you said early on when we started was like, hey, "Hey, don't look at the numbers. It doesn't matter." And when it's you know when there's a temptation to do it, it's it's hard to say no sometimes because you want to see that you want to feel some sort of worth in seeing those numbers. But again, we say this all the time: it doesn't matter as long as one person is impacted, and that might be us. <laughs> one person is impacted positively from this. It's it's worth it. I, I will say I don't think there's been an episode where I haven't personally been impacted. Exactly. So exactly. You know, it doesn't matter. It none doesn't. Of it, none of it matters. And when you do think, when you're fully surrendered and you don't have the wrong motivations, you're not entertaining anything evil. It makes everything that you do out of a pure heart just so much more fulfilling. So much more fulfilling because you you can do it and actually have peace when you have those actions, right? When you're idolizing something and you know you shouldn't be in it, you shouldn't be holding it at the esteem that it is, there's a level of a a burden that's on you while you're doing those great things. And even if God had you doing that thing in a perfect world, still, if you were doing it out of selfish reasons, you're still not gonna get the same joy, right? So your plan could could align with God's plan, you never know, but if you're not fully surrendered to what that could actually look like, you're not going to experience the full joy that God wants to give you. So there is joy, there is peace, there, 
there's so much life in doing things for the right reasons. And it's, it's hard to describe until you actually get in it. You know, a lot of people ask, what's like, you know, what is it like being in a relationship with God? What's it like? And it's a lot of times it's hard to describe except for just saying that, wow, I, I feel so much peace when I wake up every day, even when I'm going through something hard. I know that I'm founded on the rock. I'm founded on the only thing that does not change in this world. And, and that is a great feeling. But you've got, to, you've got to be honest with yourself and say that little doubt, that little thought, that little bit of lust that just came into my mind, you have to reject that. And it's a lot easier to, to move on from that when you reject it early on rather than letting it grow. So, Yeah. And when we talk about like just how, how little these things can be, like if you look at someone wrong in the gym, you need to you need to get rid of that immediately. You need to stop. You need to would you say repent? I don't know if repent is the right word for people who have already okay. been saved. Um, I think confession. Confess. Confess. Confession That's is it. the right word. Like if you if you if you dwell on any sort of lustful thought, just anything at all, any little doubt. That that's something that I've I've had struggles with too recently. It's just doubt, um, whether it's doubt about myself, doubt about God, just things like that. And if you don't open up about that early on, and if you don't go to God about it, then it is going to build up and it's going to hurt you bad. Mm -hmm. So any little thing, just no matter how little it is, just confess it to the Lord. Go to the Lord with all of your problems, and you know you're not gonna you can't lose a battle if. Yep. God's fighting alongside you. Yep. So. You have to let God win your battles. That's one thing when it comes to lust. A lot of guys think that they have to beat it. They have to beat it. In reality, you just have to give up the battle to God and let him win it for you. right? And when it comes to stuff like that, I did want to mention this really quickly. A lot of people talk about how they find peace in repenting and confessing after the sin happens. And yes, that is powerful. If you fall into a sin and you say something you shouldn't, you do something you shouldn't, it's very important to confess that afterwards. Give it all up to God. But trust me, you'll find a lot more peace if you didn't even fall into that action in the first place and you just confess it on the front end, right? And you'll be able to actually move on, right? If you, if you do something wrong and then you repent, you didn't really grow. You just got on the right side of that sin, right? Growing is saying no from the beginning and then doing it over and over and over again to where it creates a new neural pathway in your mind to where you won't have to do this thing anymore. You don't rely on it, so. Yeah, I, I really do think it's important to point out that you will grow, you will grow by messing up and then going to the Lord about it. But if you're just complacent and you just stay where you're at in that and you're just not actually growing and changing, you're never going to really feel that joy that comes from not struggling with that sin at all. Right. So you can't just sit still in where you're at because you feel like the Lord is speaking to you because the truth is the Lord will speak to you a lot more if you're not allowing the devil to win mm -hmm. at all. Yeah, First John 5.18 says, those who are in Christ cannot keep a practice of sinning. That doesn't mean they won't sin anymore, but a true Christian, there has to be transformation at some point. That person cannot stay in that sin for long, right? They have to get out of it. So if you're in that spot, you know you're saved, but you're also struggling with entertaining this sin over and over and over again, and you can't get out of it, just get out of it. Give it up to the Lord and surrender that. Because again, there's so much peace on the other side, and you don't realize maybe how much you're missing out on because you're being disobedient to God's will. That is that is so true. And uh, before we end off the episode, do you have any kind of like last encouragement for people mm -hmm. that are struggling with letting the little thoughts win in their mind? Hmm. Don't give the devil a foothold. Don't play with fire. You you're asking to be burned, and you think that your actions are actually little, but in reality, they have big effects. Um, and God loves you. He did so much for you. He did too much for you for you to just play around with something that He calls sin. One little sin separated us from. God for eternity. 
right? So how can we allow that little sin that we view in our mind as small to, to impact our fellowship with him? Wow. Okay. So before we end off the episode, we need to talk about this real quick, because this is, this is really important when it comes to entertaining sin. How, what are some ways that you can prevent yourself from being in these opportunities where you can sin? Mm. Mm. So I'll, 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 I'll say one. So if, so if lust is something that you're struggling with, and let's say that you're actively like viewing pornography, you know, that's a tough, tough thing to admit to people. But if that's something that you're doing and you're not making every effort to either get your phone out of your room or have someone put up content restrictions, then you're not going to grow because you're not trying. Mm. You're being lazy. So if that's something that you're struggling with and you're not taking every precaution to not have that temptation available to you, then that's on you. What's more important, your pride or your progress? Right? How much are you willing to let go of to allow God to move in? Right? That's a great thing. When it comes to gossip, go into a conversation not trying to self-gain, not trying to say, hey, here I am. Actually, no, take the position of encouraging other people, lifting them up, making them feel seen, rather than just trying to make yourself feel seen. Right? So just taking the right motive when it comes to those conversations helps you with gossip. And one thing you can do, this is kind of embarrassing to do when you're with people, but if you ever hear the devil or you ever see the devil in your mind try to put something in there, actively say out loud, devil, you are not allowed in my head. You are not allowed in this space. You are not allowed in this room. You're not allowed on my phone. And you invite God into that situation. And right there, because you've said it out loud, even if you're by yourself, you've said, devil, you ain't allowed in here. I think it's James 5.22 talks about that. Uh, maybe. Uh, I'm bringing it up James 4.7. That's that's what it was, sorry. <laughs> James 5.22 may not even be a verse. <laughs> <laughs> It's late, bro. It's late. <laughs> uh, James 4, 7 says, Submit yourselves, therefore, to God. Resist the devil, and he will flee from you. Is that what you're looking That's for? That's exactly what I was looking for. That's crazy. <laughs> God is good. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, if you are not resisting the devil, then you're saying, hey, you can you can come. I, I'm not, I don't want to flee from you. And he will come. And, and the demons are laughing at you. Yep. They're so, laughing at you. But, yeah. Uh, anyways, thank you guys so much for tuning in to this week's episode, this week's episode of the King of Hearts podcast. Uh, this was episode six, I believe, right? Mm-hmm. Wow. Dude, the weeks are moving by Fine, too fast. We're already at Thanksgiving, bro. Yeah. Uh, so this this is going to be uploaded on Wednesday. It's like sun. It's, it's Monday morning. It's Monday morning at the time of recording this. So uh, yeah, um, just want to say have a happy Thanksgiving, everyone. And also, if you're new here, um, I'm Chris. This is Jake. I don't know if we actually introduced ourselves at the we beginning of this episode. That's okay. You know, it's not about us. <laughs> <laughs> no pride. Let's get out of this, bro. <laughs> <laughs> but um, anyways, if you're new here, um, we just want to let you know that we're just college kids. We don't really know everything. We don't know everything at all. That's one of the main reasons we do this podcast is because it helps us learn. It gives us more of a reason and a desire to grow in things that we are struggling with or we have questions about so yeah we don't have all the answers and you know that's okay and we can't we can't pretend that we do because uh it talks about in proverbs a lot about not pretending you know the answers to everything mm. so yeah we don't know all the answers but we're here to learn so if we said anything that maybe is 
unbiblical or you don't really agree with, we would love for you to send us a message and just talk to us about it. Yeah. If you don't know Jesus, hit us up, let us know. We'd love to talk to you about that too. So Jesus is a cool guy. He is. Very cool. Cool man guy. and God. Yes. <laughs> Bro, we can't go to bed. I'm so sorry. <laughs> so anyways, thank you guys so much for tuning in and we are going to see you back next week. Peace. And have a happy Thanksgiving. Absolutely. Peace out.